Here's the snapback. Here's the kick. He's got the leg into it. If it is good, and it is! Austin scores! A 49-yard field goal, and Indiana leads 27 to 24. Oh, it's an end around one to go. Rolling out of the pocket to a strong hand. Delivers deep down the field. Caught touchdown! Fry Fogel again! Welcome to the OEO Podcast. One week off, and we're back with a two deep. Another one. Defense. I'm your host, Michael Bragg. You can find me on Twitter. It's at Bragley, B-R-A-G-G-L-E-Y. I'm here with my co-host, Brandon. You can find him on Twitter. If he's not lost in the desert, his Twitter handle, though, is Brandon Dubich. Brandon, spelled traditionally Dubich, D-U-B-I-C-H. Brandon, are you good? You you adjust back to the time? I the made it. I feel like I like I don't know if any listeners has have spent time in Arizona. And I'm not talking Phoenix. I'm not talking Tempe. I'm not talking Tucson. I'm talking BFE desert Mad Max style Arizona where it's 70 during the day and 30 at night. It's a hellscape and it made me appreciate Indiana that much more. Um, I am not one built for the desert. Seth and I had two completely compared to you it's two completely different experiences in arizona um speaking of seth he's here uh as always kind of sometimes producer seth is what we call him you can block him on twitter it's at setah5 s-e-t-a-h-5 i highly suggest said this last time i'll say it again if you haven't done it now do it before saturday um because it'll be obnoxious uh seth what's up no, uh, nothing what's up guys uh this is a lot more fun than watching this awful michigan rutgers game that's, that's for sure oh i forgot to put money on that game i know that's the only reason it's even remotely interesting how's but, that going uh 13 10 over halfway through michigan okay. had three points tw- uh eight minutes into the game i'm pretty sure i'm well let me see what i took here uh michigan winning oh i have rutgers money line oh i've got michigan plus five and a half so I got I got a. You guys win. can both win. You understand that, right? Yeah, yeah. I got to. No, win. we're good. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> making sure you guys so, realize. Need a little uh-huh. Hunter Dickinson blow up game here or whatever. But yeah, I don't even know if the rest of the parlay is still alive, so it doesn't matter. I haven't watched any anything today. So, all right, cool. Well, let's talk some football. The defensive side of the ball, where the men play. Um. Something like that. I, I don't know. Can we get to some offense first? A we little can. bit? Yeah, sure, 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 sure. Yeah. So um Adam Henry, I don't know if everyone anyone knew, um, but he was a very he was our wide receivers coach for about a minute, for about as long as Purdue can keep the number one ranking. He 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 was our wide receivers coach. And then he's gone. He's gone. He left he left for the pros to go to the Buffalo Bills. Uh so we hired Anthony Tucker. Bragg, do you know anything about Anthony Tucker? I'm reading about Anthony Tucker right now. Um, so he, he's pretty yeah. polarizing, right? Like when he's got a quarterback, he's got he he has nothing but top 20 offenses. 
when he doesn't have a quarterback, he is like bottom 25 offenses. Um, when his most recent, he was at Utah State, where in 2021, he led offensive coordinator. He led the 19th best offense. Quarterback leaves. He is the 96th best I mean, offense part of it. Yeah. Um, and, and, and same thing can be said when he was at UCF. When UCF was absolutely rolling, he was the offensive coordinator there. UCF loses some guys, and before you know it, he's at Utah State. So he has a little bit of a roller coaster resume, um, but we're, we don't have him as offensive coordinator. We have him as a wide receivers coach where he's produced some guys. So I think this is a pretty good hire. Um, what, what do you think? I'm just yeah reading some stuff here. Former wide receiver at Fresno State. Um, played some professional football for in the NFL Europe, a little bit with the Rams, the Giants. Um, coached the wide receivers among the top 10 in the nation in back-to-back seasons at, at uh, Idaho State. Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, you, you love to talk position coaches. I don't so much. So, uh, you know, I he looks like a, a just looking at his picture, I'd say he's going to be great. So, I mean, I think I think wide receivers had a lot to be desired with Grant Hurd, right? Um, not to yes. speak ill of previously employed coaches, but there seemed to be a lot of meat left on the wide receiver bone. Um, we seem to get highly recruited wide receivers and they never really did anything. Will a new face produce? I don't know, but I like his resume considering he's been an offensive coordinator. He's led offenses. He has put guys in the NFL. So I think this is a good hire. Yeah. Yeah, totally agree. I want to go to the next position coach. Let's do it. What is it? More position coaches. So everyone knows Chad Wilt is our defensive coordinator. Does everyone, does, uh, do you guys remember Kevin Wilson? Yes. Yeah. Well, he just got a job at where, Seth? Oh, he doesn't know. Oh, I stumped Sethers. I stumped him. Well, he got a job at where, Bragg? I don't know. I have Tulsa. Tulsa. He is the new head coach at Tulsa, uh, and he decided to take his safeties coach at Ohio State with him, Matt Guerreri. Well, Matt Guerreri uh, gets announced as the Tulsa defensive coordinator. Yet he is now at IU in a co-defensive coordinator, which I love i think chad wilt did some good things but i think he needed help and his help was tom allen hopefully a co-defensive coordinator means allen is left to ceo and wilt and guerrero are left to coach the defense um so did he just get which sick I of kevin wilson that quick like it took me days he was days at tulsa it, it took me it took me the Rutgers game, the Rutgers homecoming game for me to be done with Kevin Wilson. But um, wow, good for him. Good for him. As we said, yeah. young guy, we talked about him a little bit pregame here. Here's here's the big thing. And um, then I'll be kind of be done with um, position coaches. But after the 2020 season where he was at Duke, he uh, turned Jeremy Cash into a three time All-American and had four all ACC uh, selections in the backfield. And he was named the AFCA Assistant Coach of the Year. Uh, no, he was one of the three finalists. Sorry, he didn't win it. Uh, but he was one of the three finalists for Assistant Coach of the Year. 
and we have him just as a co-defensive coordinator. So um, I, I love both of these hires. I think they'll both make an impact um, in the season. If anything, if it just gets, it gets Allen more into, it gets him more on the challenges. It gets him more on the timeout strategy. It gets well, him less it. away yeah. from the play to play and more into the 30 foot, 30,000 foot view as I think a coach should. He needs to get out of, uh, get out of the play calling, get out of the playbook. Yeah. You call them the CEO, which is exactly what he needs to be. And stay out of the day to day, stay out yes. of the, the play to play stuff and, and focus on, the bigger picture and game management and stuff like that. So we'll see. I mean, it's, it's February. We'll see how much of a, an impact these position coaches really make. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's something else to get a little bit more excited about, I guess. Um, so yeah, both of them really good hires. I think, especially Matt Geary coming from a two, two guys who, position. in my opinion, could have got bigger roles, but are, but are at IU. Was he at I DC think, at Duke? Yes, co DC. So same same role as he was at Duke. Okay. Um. So. Okay. Cool. And he went from Duke to Tulsa for a cup of coffee, and then not even a cup of coffee, like a like a. And Seth will get this reference, like a little a little shot of cafecito, just like a little, just a little cafecito, not even a cup of coffee, just a little shot. And then, yep. uh, and you know, you know who he, he's going to be replacing again? Who's that? Jason Jones. What did he do? He left a lot to be desired yes, in that defensive backfield. Well, that was so, the strongest defense, the strongest position on the team, and it was not good last year. Yeah. So you so. look at wide receivers, left a lot to be desired. Corners, safeties, a lot to be desired. We get new coaches in. I think that shows that Tom Allen isn't going to be, isn't going to settle. He knows he needs to bring in guys to help different position groups succeed again in yeah. February in February. It looks good. And he's out of friends, right? I mean that like the nicest way possible, <laughs> but like there's no more friends on the coaching staff. Maybe, maybe Rod Carey, but I mean, he's just a quality assistant. So, um, yeah. And, and we've talked about him and we thought he did a great job in the, on the offensive line last year. So let's get into uh, the nuts and bolts of the team the defense um too deep we are just i mean we're stabbing in the dark on this so and as we've stated before it is february the end of february close to it and uh yeah we're just, we're going to try we're going to try brandon put it together um brandon I'll let you lead it man if you want we can we can lead it we can talk what we think so um, i felt they did a pretty good job on the offensive or the, the defensive line. So yeah, offense, there. I felt pretty solid. Again, offensive line, maybe maybe this guy will be the one. Maybe this guy will be a two. But I felt pretty solid about the positions. I use four two five makes things very very difficult. So that is going to be my caveat. And I do think um I do think we'll be adding players um to this. So uh and I think there's a a lot of fun position battles. I haven't talked to either one of you yet, which is never a good thing, but I think the next conversation from here should be position battles. We did the two deep on offense. We did the two deep on defense. Maybe the next pod, whether that's next week or the week after, we talk about four or five position battles um, that, that that we see playing out. So just an idea. Yeah. So, again, so we run a 4-2-5. Um, 
it's I, I have it laid out as strong side defensive end or edge defensive tackle nose tackle uh, weak side defensive end Seth you know more about defensive line play than I do does that does that sound like a decent way to break it down oh he's on mute let me let me help him real quick yeah that's what it's been the last couple of years so that's what yeah. I assume it's going to be continuing <laughs> moving forward okay yeah. so just to break it down to anybody that's not familiar with the way that IU lines up and calls there positions when it comes to strong side defensive end that's your pass rusher that's your that's your guy you want to see coming off the edge quick to get to the bat or get to the football uh attack the quarterback weak side defensive end same kind of thing but not not as dominant on that side that's more set the edge run defense run defensive end guy and then obviously in the middle it doesn't matter nose tackle defensive tackle doesn't matter nose tackle should line up over the center probably not going to in the four what is it four four five two four two five run or four two five um, so yeah, it's the, the interior defensive line. It, it is what it is. You just call it two defensive tackles if you want, but nose tackle defensive tackle, I think is what it's on the official depth chart. Um, but yeah, the, really the only distinction here, uh, would be strong side and weak side defensive end strong side is going to be your playmakers in that. So let's start there. Yeah. So, uh, kind of the crown jewel of the off season, right? And, Andre Carter, I think is, is, is going to be there. Um, he he's a stud. Uh, he has very very big shoes to fill. Um, I don't expect him to fill it at, or fill those shoes as one person. Um, but uh, again, you could do way way worse. Um, that was a position Tom Allen had to knock out of the park, and I think he did. Um, that my next one here, and and I think we need to add another edge guy. But I did put Miles Jackson in there as the, as the second edge. He played a little bit more inside linebacker in the year, if I remember correctly. But he has a defensive line body. Um, do you think? Do you think he he's a potential guy for the edge? So he played. He kind of played that spot. I would say a little bit uh, last year. I mean, I I remember his his biggest moment really was that interception against I think it was Maryland in the end zone. So did and he drop back in coverage from so the that's line where he or was, was he lined up as linebacker? Yeah, that's where, well, kind of husky. He was kind of in that husky role, um, stand-up defensive end kind of gotcha. hybrid mix there. Okay, I was looking, you were talking about adding depth. I thought that really the two deeps across what we're going to go over, I thought looked pretty good. I mean, obviously, I think you're always going to have some injuries throughout the, the year. Um, I mean, could somebody like Marcus Burris come in and make it? Is is he going to be somebody that's going to make a difference on that? Um, the transfer from Texas A&M could be in that mix there. Um, I'm trying to see if we brought in any sort of any sort of freshman really off the edge. I mean, you've got Tadarius Collins, who's who we love. I mean, we've talked about him a lot out of Shreveport, Louisiana, the six four freshman. Um, he's signed early. And so he's in, or he's not enrolled, but he's signed. Um, and then he, you know, he'll get some fall camp. Maybe he gets in. I don't know. I'd love a surprise freshman out of this class. It'd be amazing. Uh, so that's one of the guys to keep an eye on. Yep. And then the so th- those are the two guys I have for for the edge. Sorry, I was looking uh looking on a different site there. So yeah, I have Andre Carter and Miles Jackson. Um, as the strong side defensive end, jumping over to the weak side defensive end, I actually love these two. I think they're two big bodies. Uh, one being um, Linnell Carr from from West Virginia. He's I I definitely think 
Um, he's a guy that can hand up on that weak side, or he could stand up. He Linnell Carr um, has versatility there uh, to do be able to be an edge or weak side defensive end. And then you have Bo Robbins, who almost played exclusively on that weak side defensive end. He he has the body in the frame as well at six five to seventy. Um, what what do you what do you think about those two guys um, holding yeah. down the weak side defensive end? As I said, I I think what you've got down here is pretty good. Um, I'm, I'm telling you, I think we left off Burris, uh, the transfer from Texas A&M. I think he's going to be a, a factor, whether it's interior, which he may have slid into at Texas it, A&M. His weight just had me, had, had me as a, as a defensive tackle. But yeah. He but could I, be I, a candidate for yeah. a weak side defensive end. Yeah. He's Seth, Seth any, any, any insight there on Burris? I just think his size is a little too big for, for an end. I think he's a prototypical, prototypical D tackle. Um, not the nose, not bulky enough to be the nose, but definitely has like the three technique, the five technique ability. So I think he has, uh, you know, some dual benefits as both a pass rusher interior and, uh, not so much as a run stuffer, but a, a helper to stop, to, yeah. uh, to stop the run. So, to to get a little ahead of myself here. I love Bidle and him and as rotating on the D tackle. I, yeah. I think those are two big boys. Um, so this is this throw. is where the weak side part comes in, and and I'm just I'm just going to read this real quick from Gabe Brooks at 24/7, where he broke him down at a high school. Basically said, built like a strong side defensive end, but will likely slide inside. Um, you know, kind of gets in there, talks about good strength, point of attack, good extension, disengages uh, against the run, so he's really good. Um, as when I say disengages, I mean disengages from the offensive lineman to make plays against the run. Solid physical tackle who finishes plays. I think in IU's defense, getting him on that weak side, whether it's the the defensive tackle or the defensive end position, I think is a good spot for him because it's 6'4". Um, you know, you can be 6'4", 290 and not be a big fat fat. You know <laughs> you know what I mean? So, and when I say that, I mean just just a big load on the inside. So he could be an athletic guy. Again, we, we haven't seen him. We have no idea. Right. Retro at sophomore coming in. He's got plenty of time to, to fit in somewhere. I think he's going to be a factor. He's a big-time transfer for us coming in. So, yeah, well, you talked about Biddle. Um, you know, and Tevis. And Tevis as well, and Burris is in there too. Uh, so that's one of the defensive tackles. Let's talk nose tackle, two guys that we should be familiar with, right? The, how, how could you not love both of them, how they played late in the season, um, is Lucas and Cox. Um, specifically, I loved Patrick Lewis. Or, yeah, Patrick Lucas. Uh, he, he, he was... He made a lot of impact in the last quarter of the season. I'm super excited to get him back. I think he starts right there at that nose tackle. And I think in that, he he provided some of that bull rush pressure that I think I, I can't remember the last time I used had a true bull rushing nose tackle. Legitimately, I can't think of one in my time, in my fandom. Um, I'm super excited about him. And then and Cox is a great uh, rotation guy in there right behind him. They're both big. They're both strong. They're both nasty. Um, in, in my opinion, the defensive line, the interior defensive line is the strength of this IU defense. That's, that's a weird thing to say, especially for the last, uh, in interior. I do yeah, think yeah, there's yeah. questions on the edge, but I, I, I love, look, just listen to those guys. Tevis, Bidel, Burris, Lucas, Cox, when was the last all, time it was this good? Transfers by the RG3, way. RG3. RG3 was in there. Um, 
I can't remember. Who's who the guy that got drafted by the to the Raiders? <laughs> oh, Darius who? Latham. RG3 yeah. Darius Latham on the interior. That was that was a really solid combo inside. Ralph so. Green. Yeah, Ralph Green was good, man. Yep. Yep. I liked Ralph Green. The only thing I want to say about Tevis real quick is he showed some flashes of Weston Kramer, who was a little bit of a cult hero of ours. What was it, two seasons ago? Um, yeah. So if he can become that next year uh, and really fill in that kind of niche, that'd be a, a huge boon for you guys. I thought when he when he started to get playing time over CEO or over. Um, oh, Brandon, I'm blanking on the other guy that started a lot uh, that had been there for a little bit. But whenever he got starting, when he actually got time playing he was great so um and, that, yeah, and that's, that's another one that way to bring that up we still don't know if seals coming back um so that's i i love the five that we have if seal comes back that makes it six um but i i love the five that we have right now yeah in there and didn't add any true freshmen um but again without diving in super deep i'm sure there's some redshirt freshmen or or some young sophomores that are ready to play as well so yeah well um, I, I know i know we bring we'll bring four of the five back vital lucas cox and burris all have eligibility next year so um we can get we can get some interior guys uh this year this cycle tevis is the only one that's out of eligibility and don't forget, there's also Cooper Jones, who's a bit of a tweener uh, between defensive end and defensive tackle. He'll be a redshirt sophomore. Of course, Falpo's pride. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, let's talk. Don't forget Nick James. Remember how excited yeah, we were Nick about James. Nick James? Love Nick James. Okay, so that's one. That's one of the guys. That's why I wanted to get into the roster a little bit. Nick James is going to be a factor. Absolutely going to be a factor. He started playing a little bit towards the end of the season last year. Um, Top three hundred guy. Yeah, really promising prospect. I uh, don't want to leave him out. Big time kid, number 99, six foot two, 290 pounds, red shirt freshman. Um, he's going to be a really nice player. Let's talk linebackers a little bit more exciting. Brandon, I'm going to, I'm going to make a tweak here. Go ahead. I'm going to, I'm going to start. I'm going to, let me talk some linebacker. Let me talk linebacker yeah. and Husky here. Brandon's got the Casey brothers, a non-related Aaron Casey, Gerard Casey, and who you got Rudolph? Who's the Rudolph that you got here? Oh, you don't remember him? Austin P guy who had like 200 okay. tackles. Yes, that guy. Okay. An absolute tackling machine. The reason I have him third is because we know what we're getting in Casey and Casey. Josh Rudolph could end up being our best linebacker. Good. Very well. Um, be. I mean, his it, again, who knows if it's going to translate from Austin P, but I seriously think he had like 130, 140 tackles. Like that is. That is nuts. Yeah. So here's here was my thing is that we talked about, you know, we felt good about the two deep. Don't really feel great about the depth on the defensive line. I feel really good about the depth in the interior uh, linebacker position. Really, the Husky position is going to be more the question mark. But on the linebacker position, you've got Aaron Casey, Gerard Casey, you've got Rudolph. And then on the other side, which I think, and, and, and Brandon, Tell me why you don't think this, and we'll just have a discussion. Yeah. Why we don't see Casey and Casey playing together. We could. Uh, okay, because I with that one, you've got more of the run-stopping, yes. um, uh, pass-rushing, Aaron Casey, and then you've got kind of your pass coverage, pass-rushing, Gerard Casey, uh, thinner, leaner, more athletic linebacker at the same time on the field. 
But then you've also got a couple guys we haven't seen really play in Magnum Far, the transfer from Stanford, and then one of the minor brothers. This is the UTEP guy, right? Yeah, so... Yeah, Magnum Farrar played uh, at um, at Stanford, and he was not a run stopper. He's definitely more of a sideline to sideline lineup with uh, with a tight end um, or or a running back out of the backfield. Um, so uh, the two run stuffers are really uh, Josh Rudolph and Aaron Casey. A- everyone else is kind of that, um, which we need in a four two five. Right. Like you'd run a four three if you wanted a true inside linebacker run stuffer. When you have a four two five, you need more athleticism. So I I don't mind. I actually think a nice three two split on run uh run linebackers and pass linebackers is 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 a decent split. Um there's there's just so much depth. I mean, there really is. I mean, you're you're bringing in guys that have played a lot of football. Yep. So you've you've got you've got, as I said, the minor brothers. So you've got Daryl Minor, he's the transfer from the minors at UTEP um, you've got him that's coming in you've got a lot of dudes um, that have already been with the team that are that are going to sit back and watch or, or maybe may make an impact immediately um, on the field there and then let's talk Husky and let's talk about why you left Noah Pierre off with Husky oh I did and oh, well he just <laughs> plug him right into starter right away this is the Noah Pierre pod. I, I was just in the desert for eight days, guys. Today was the first day <laughs> that I was back in the office. You know how busy I was today? And and I just I did it too deep. So um that's my fault. Yeah, Noah Pierre. Just slide him right in as uh so, so Noah Pierre there. And when I was I was kind of hesitating to get back to my my linebackers that were already on the team, but um Seth brought him up. Caden Turner, big fan of Caden Turner's, um, saw the field at the end of the season. So I mean, did Kate Isaiah Turner, Jones. Isaiah Jones as well. Um, both of them could could get into the two deep, maybe even battle for a starting position at some point during the season as well. We got Husky position. Brandon, talk Husky a little bit with me. We obviously know up here, I think, slots right in as a starter. Um, and then who else do you think is gonna is gonna fit in there? At a tough time. At <laughs> a really tough time. <laughs> um, Jameson Kelly, I have in there. Um He's coming in in from JUCO, but he ha- he's at that 6'1", 205. We've seen kind of over 200 pounds, you're at linebacker. Under 200 pounds, you're at safety. That's how I kind of made my split. Um, basically, hey, if you're big enough to play five to seven yards off the ball, you need to have the size. Um, so that's that's kind of how I made my split there. Um, it, it, it was It was a little difficult, though. Uh, to to be completely honest with you, Bragg. Well, you know, it's fine. It's better than what I could do. I didn't do one, so good for you. Um, yeah. So I mean, I I think again. So I have four guys now at Husky, and then four guys at safety. I mean, we have no idea where, where really, those eight yeah. eight guys are gonna go in those three positions. I mean, it's a little bit you know throw throw a dart. Um, so fall camp, I think is going to determine who's at safety, who's at Husky. Well, we have um, 32 new players on the team, yeah. 32, 17 of which are, um, freshmen and two of which we haven't talked about guys or, uh, two transfers that we have not talked about. One of them on the defensive line, Brandon, um, Carl Biddings from center Grove transferred in from Louisville. Did we know that? I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, actually, I don't even know if he was ever committed to 
Louisville or not. Um, Seth, do you have any background on this? He was committed to Louisville. Okay, so he so then transferring from Louisville, six foot two, two eighty five, um, from Center Grove High School in Greenwood. Carl Biddings also could see a little bit, and I don't know. He may be just in there. He's a redshirt freshman, so he may just be in there for a little bit of depth as well. Yeah, so yeah, I, I know no idea about Billings. Um, I but and I know much about Billings as I know about the two JUCO guys and in McDaniel and Jamison Kelly. Brag, do you have any idea where those guys could slot? Husky's kind of where I just like, oh, I don't know where you're gonna go. I'm gonna throw you there. Yeah, the, uh, the Husky position is just one of those where it's like we we have no idea. I mean, we knew with um with McCullough, we knew that's where he was gonna step right in. You know, we know that Noah Pierre is going to be a factor there, if not an immediate starter, should be the immediate starter there uh, this season. Anybody else? No idea. You said Bryson Bonds. I'm not going to say he's not going to be a safety. I don't know. So, I mean, Greer could play up there. Nick Toomer, the transfer in, which you've got listed as a starting strong safety, could could play there. Um, you know, any it, I don't know. Anybody except for, like, Max Longman could play there probably so and speaking of offensive linemen another transfer that came in from seth's favorite college um northern state i'm not even going to look it up guys josh witt six foot four 300 pound transfer in from i i i'm assuming small seth and i what is it i have no idea Maybe in the division gotta be wisconsin or minnesota gotta be from wisconsin is where he's from so this could be one of the Bob, one of the Bob transfers, where he just goes out and just grabs a big dude and says, "All right, you're going to play on my offensive line, and I'm going to make you an NFL pro." So, keep an eye out for Josh Witt as well, interior offensive lineman. Where where we're strong, really, if we are strong anywhere, the interior I thought was pretty decent. Um, okay, back to the defense, real quick, Brandon. We spent a lot of time on this already, so let's go ahead and run through. I'll let you run through the corner. Real, real position, quick, one, one more that I don't have on here um, uh-huh. is Louis Moore. We we got him pretty oh, yeah. early. Yeah, um, more like him. Yeah, so he's another JUCO guy. I mean, there's we really went into the JUCO ranks more than we ever did before. Um, are they Cam Camper? Are they no one? I I have no idea. Well, Moore um, was with us last year. Moore played a little bit of defense, or played a little bit of defense. Little bit of special teams. Um, could be a factor. Could be a factor. We'll All right. See. So yeah, you want to go to corners. I feel like corners are are pretty locked in, at least the starters. I would think Johnson's gonna start the transfer from Texas. Um, Jameer Johnson, as well as uh the Kobe minor, minor brother, Kobe Minor. Who's who's good? Kobe Minor yes. is he 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 started um at Texas Tech. He he is legit. And and I feel like having Mullen and Ma or um yeah mullen and mons yep um and also sharp there as well um all as like second and second and or third and fourth corners maybe getting 15 to 20 snaps a game um i feel like that is a very very nice progression for redshirt sophomores yeah um strong safety nick turner or nick tumor i'm sorry nick tumor the former uh iu flirt a few years ago before signing with Stanford now Stanford transfer into IU for his last year. I think of eligibility. Nick Toomer, you you think you're slotting him right in at strong safety, right? I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know either. Right there with Jordan Greer as well. Um, and then free safety should be pretty easy. Josh Sanguinetti, 
um, with Philip Dunham there as well. Again, Phil Dunham, another guy I think that could be a, a, a candidate for a, for a Husky position. <laughs> um, it's, it's hard to tell. That dude, I thought he played pretty well for a true freshman uh, in a couple spots, but I also thought he was very much exposed. Um, the Nebraska game is the one that comes to mind the most. So yeah, that's it, man. As, as we said, we, I, I preface this by saying it's February. So we, we won't know anything until really after spring ball. And then we'll know more. Most of it will be known by fall ball. So, um, Cool. Let's move on. But before we get to Brando's Randos, which we all know is everybody's favorite part of the podcast, we get it. Um, we'd like to just make a quick word from our sponsor. It's the same people that sponsored us the whole time. Uh, it's Monon Track Club. You guys already know the whole thing. I'm not going to spend that much time on it. Check out their stuff, their, their merch, their club runs, their social media posts. Check out everything. Their website's posted in the show notes. You guys get a discount for shopping with them. It's LEO10 at checkout. LEO, it's 10% off your check after your total, um, which I think a shirt is about 50 bucks. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but either way, I was going to try to do some math for you, but we're not a Purdue podcast. Um, so let's just stick with the LEO10 promo code, get you 10% off. Back to the show, Brando. Um, give me your randos. Sweet. So we already went over what we thought was the strongest position group, which was the interior defensive line. Which position group do you guys think is the uh, the weakest of the group? Mm. Are we talking defense side only? Yeah, defensive yeah. side. I just think there's so much unknown in the defensive backfield. I would say yeah, I, I hate I hate having two corners. I mean, I just said that Mullen and Mons are nice progressions, but like if one of them go down, we're down to three corners, which is bad, bad. Um, Seth loves him some Mons, though. Um, so I, I would like to see another body or maybe two added at corner. Personal. There's a lot of bodies at safety. Like I said, eight guys for three positions. Good with that. Are we not we basically deep? have four or five at corner? three of which are redshirt freshmen. Hate that. I would love to bring in any year, sophomore, junior, senior, uh, in that cornerback. Yeah, I'm just taking a look at the roster. I mean, Lewis Moore could play in there. Yeah, Trayvon Mullen, who's we're real high on. Jamari Sharp. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, we gotta add we've got to add some bodies in there for sure. Um, yeah, Seth, what do you think? I, I would normally say defensive tackle because you don't have necessarily a stud. You have a bunch of bodies you can throw at the wall uh, that if you find the right combination, you can make it work. Um, but the more Brandon talks, the more I'm starting to lean towards him. Um, I don't know if you took a debate class in college or something like that, but um, I definitely see the lack of depth at cornerback. And with the, even though the offenses in the Big Ten aren't necessarily that pass heavy, um, they're going to expose the hell out of you if you only have two. They're going to pick on the uh, on whatever wink leak you throw out there at cornerback. So um, that's always going to be a big uh, glaring blind spot until you have too many corners to deal with. Yeah, well, until they're established. I mean, we've got a couple guys coming from some big-time programs that um, should be able to slot right in and make an impact. But, again, we it, it doesn't matter. 
the transfer portal is so up and down. It's, it's kind of, it's going to be kind of a crapshoot. So we'll see what happens there. I, I agree with you though. Sweet. So we're likely going to have five to six new starters. Are you guys glass half full saying I use defense was bad last year. Having five to six new starters are good. Or are you glass half empty saying we were already bad. Now we need to bring in half the new defense that doesn't know the system. Which way do you fall in over under 50% of our def- defensive starters being brand new from out of the program? My glasses is, is is overflowing with that. I mean, with a, an incredibly hyped up um, defensive backfield, which was just awful last year. Um, I mean, out really outside of Cam Jones there and Aaron Casey, it was nobody really stood out as like an incredible um, player that's at least still with the program or didn't leave. Um, so I, I'm excited with about it. Um, you know, they're all enrolled and all in school and in practice or, or at least, you know, lifting weights together and starting to learn the playbook and learn the scheme now and will be in for spring ball. So I, I think that it's a a good transition and enough time for them to kind of figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's tough to say. I think the transfer out that, you know, whose name we won't mention um, is definitely – a, a huge uh you know is a, is a blight on uh <laughs> yeah there's no way you can improve off of that um but i do think that the ceiling is a little bit more higher um or damn that's dumb uh it's a little <laughs> higher <laughs> um because there's just so many unknowns so if this guy turns out to be pretty good if that guy turns out to be pretty good you might have enough pieces to make the puzzle work it's just nobody knows um you know, I'm a little bit the loss at middle linebacker sucks, but I mean, Cam Jones didn't play most of the year anyway. So, you know, you use the experience that the Casey brothers had and you roll with it. So I think there's a lot of optimism going into next year, but it's not optimism with results. It's optimism with, you know, prospects and hopes and dreams. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Next question. Very much cut of the same fabric. You're going to have eight or nine starters that that IU did not recruit. The only recruiting starters that I have is Josh Sengetti and Aaron Casey. Maybe, maybe. Um, oh, then and, and Noah Pierre. So sorry, eight, eight starters. Nick, Nick Toomer. Nick right. Toomer, we were a finalist. We were it was between us. It, it, it doesn't count. The, the the point is I understand eight, what you're saying. Eight of our starters are not going to be recruited. Is that a glass half full saying we're going out and getting good players from other programs? Or are you glass half empty saying we are not recruiting or developing enough? Mm-hmm. Which way are you on it? Welcome to college football in 2023, man. Break the glass. Yeah, that's just that's just what it is, man. It's just roster composition means nothing anymore. No, it is a year by year transactional process. It doesn't matter where they come from or where they go to. All that matters is the results that happen on the field that particular year. We recruited the guy that shall not be named. You are rooting for (laughs) jerseys. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. I mean, I think that there are key positions. Faded memories, maybe. Right. I I, I do think that there are key positions um that stick so 
quarterback, for example, I think you could see a quarterback that stays for, you know, his entire playing career. Um, um, maybe a wide receiver, maybe a running back that's really good um, on a successful team. Defense, it's, I, I think for the foreseeable future, it's going to be a revolving door unless somebody is completely committed to the school, the coach. Um, and, but other than that, I, I, it's kind of hard to judge that as a glass. I would just say, this is what it is now. Gotcha. Last question has nothing to do with football, but if you're in the desert and a cactus gets wedged into your leg, what is the apparatus you use to get the cacti out of your leg? Talk about like just a thorn. No, I'm talking about a full-on cactus. Full-on cactus. I've never been in that position. Um, what? What is that? I don't expect either one of you to know this. No, I, I didn't know this. Cut it off. I don't know. Ca- no. So if you do that, all the needles are going to stay, about in, your, stay in your cut, leg. Cut your leg off. Uh, it there's something called a cactus comb, and it looks just like a hair pick, and you have to slowly wedge it out. Um, for those that don't know, I'm in, I'm in professional, I'm not in, but I work in the industry of professional cycling and I was there for a mountain bike, uh, pro circuit race. So there were a lot of people wrecking in cactuses and just watching them pry cacti out with a comb pick is horrifying. Absolutely horrifying. Gosh, I was going to ask why you needed to know that not being a competitor, uh, like yeah. how drunk you were in the desert, but no, this is, I was there for work. There were there. I mean, there were beers drink, but I, I never got drunk, but I needed to, after some watching some people walk out with like anywhere from six inch to multiple feet, oh cacti sticking out of them. Horrific. Yeah, no thanks. No thanks. Anyway, that's all I got for rant. Brandon Drandos. Cool. Seth, uh, you got anything in your sack or do you want to yeah, talk? I about got a cactus? couple of, I got a couple of things in my sack. Uh, I want to talk pro cycling really quickly. Oh my, uh, my brother was a pro uh, pro racer and I did have the pleasure of watching him race uh, where he rode directly into a stop sign and got uh, essentially like clotheslined off of his bike. Yeah. Um, so that was, was that was that, in a, was that in a crit? I, yeah, I was in Bolingbrook, Illinois, if I remember correctly. Yeah, dude, crit, crits are brutal. Everyone just thinks, I mean, that's it's basically Formula One riding, riding on uh, city streets that millimeters built, apart from each other weren't yeah. built for racing at all. Yeah, crits are super, super dangerous. All right, here's number two Northern State. Uh, we both we nailed it. Uh, Aberdeen, South Dakota. <laughs> oh, nice. So totally in Minnesota and Wisconsin. Yep, same thing. Uh, yep. I mean, Northern, what do you expect? Yeah. Okay. All right. Here's my good one. All right. I was uh, in a deep Reddit hole the other day, two days ago, based Great. on the timeline here. You can, that guy 420 <clears throat> posted. Is that your, is that your name? <laughs> no, this isn't me. No, no, no. <laughs> Personal opinion that you think the rest of your fan base would disagree with. Um, And at the time, the number one trending response it subsequently has changed, but at the number was a guy named Colorado is a state with an Indiana flair. So of course I was compelled to read this and I'll read the response verbatim. Football is King in term of college sports and bringing in the money, but because alternating 
caps and non-caps quotation, we are a basketball school, end quote. Many Hoosiers refuse to root for the football team. I'm talking, I have legitimately heard Hoosiers say, I hope the football team doesn't win more than four games this year, end quote. If the football team does well and brings in more money, doesn't that only help the basketball team? <laughs> um, Here we go. Right. So I don't want to spend a ton of time. I want to spend yes, you do. to maybe 10 minutes at the most because we've gone on way too long and mumbled through the first 45 minutes of this. But um, okay. Yes. I want to be friends with it, with whatever that guy is. Colorado is a state, Indiana, whatever you called it. Uh, this guy is preaching man so let's take a take a step back and and i was kind of fed this question a little bit earlier in the day so i i didn't know it was coming here uh but i kind of did some back end thoughts about this if i were to tell you two teams that are in the top 15 i think in college basketball right now that are traditional football powerhouse colleges i would say alabama and Miami. Do you think Alabama football fans care about that basketball team? Do you think Miami football fans care about that Hurricanes basketball team? The I can tell you one for a fact that yes. In Miami, they love the fact that Jim Laranega is there. Or Lara, how do you say it? Do you want to do a little an accent? Laranega. I don't want to do it. But um, Jim Laranega is there. They've got a really good team. They're hyped about that. I don't know if you guys have watched Alabama basketball at all on, on TV or not. At pretty. Home. It's pretty. They look really good. That stadium is packed to the max. They're a pretty solid team. Granted, one guy probably shouldn't be playing. Um, but, you know, uh, yeah, that's just two examples. I mean, to, got okay. a lot of shooters on that team. <laughs> Oh, Somebody had to. Well, I yeah, mean, we, he just delivered the gun, Seth. Delivered the gun, and I don't want to make light of of what is a, a, a murder, um, with an incredibly unfortunate name of the guy that apparently did the murder of Darius Miles, who is not the same Darius Miles that we all grew up. But was with, also on the team. But was also on the team. Um, yeah, Alabama is probably not the best. <laughs> Um, example in this right now, but I mean, look at Tennessee. Tennessee, a, a football school, pretty good basketball team, right? I mean, look at what Kentucky's done with their football program. It doesn't have to be a basketball school, a football school. If you want to be real about it, we're a soccer school. I mean, when was the last time the basketball team won a national championship? We all know. I don't need you guys to yell at your own your own. Uh, whatever you guys are listening to us on your phone, your car. The, the last time the the soccer team won multiple, they've won multiple national championships since I've been alive. The basketball team's won one. And I don't remember it because I was barely born. So why can't we just invest in the school and not in the basketball school? That's my stance on it. It doesn't make any sense. And who cares about the money? Just have pride in your school's athletics and the way that it carries itself, especially with a guy like Tom Allen, who apparently a lot of 
these basketball backers, these basketball homers. And I'm a big basketball guy. You guys know it. Both of you guys know it. Um, you know, I'll be glued to my TV or wherever on Saturday. I'm glued for every game I'm there. And it, it doesn't matter to me being a hardcore football fan. Why can't I can be a hardcore basketball fan? I love the women's team too and the soccer team and the baseball team. It doesn't make any it doesn't make any sense why we have to be a one sport school. Brandon, do you have anything else to add on? I just don't even understand like so Seth's in our group chat sent over the Reddit thing and yeah, I don't I don't understand why they would want not success for one. In my opinion, they're two totally separate entities. Like success in basketball doesn't mean like you you can have success in both. One doesn't have to fail for the other one to be good. Uh, Brag, you did a great job of explaining that um, there are teams currently in the top twenty, top twenty five uh, in in both sports. I mean it it's not mutually exclusive that one has to be good for the other one to, or one has to be bad for the other one to be good. Um, it, it's a it's a weird very weird concept to me um if anything the dumb dumb basketball fans that think that way they realize basketball recruits are going to football games no no football game is swaying a a recruit it's not the first it's not the second it's not the third reason they're joining a basketball team but it helps right so like yeah i, I don't i don't get that line of thinking and the only thing that I can think of that is, is tribalism, right? Like my dad was a Notre Dame football fan or my, my dad didn't like the Hoosiers or my grandpa refused to support that team. Like that's the only reason I can think. And that's conjecture. I don't know if that's true, but that that's the only reason I can think of, of like, I'm not going to support the football team. Um, it's, it baffles me. It's not anyone on this podcast, you know, I don't, I don't think Seth is saying, ah, oh, well, I'm going to stop watching. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, you know, I'm, I, I'm in order for Purdue football to excel. Purdue basketball has to suck. Like, no, that's just, I, uh, that line of thinking doesn't even register. It's, it's stupid. Um, and anyone who thinks that way is stupid. So if, if you think, if you think I'm wrong, come at me, bro. We'll have you on the pod. Let's debate. As yeah. Seth said, Please. um, I I was not in debate, but I would debate anyone. Um, I'm a borderline master debater. And there it is. Back uh, to the funny stuff. All, all right, right, let's wrap it up. Let's wrap uh, it up. You're done, Seth. Yeah, I was just gonna say Kansas was another school that's been pretty good at football the last couple of years. And I was gonna ask if you guys would settle for uh I think they went eight and five and seven and six or something like that the last two years. Like that's a certain amount of respectability. I think Indiana football could so uh, let me ask one more hypothetical question. Maybe you guys know the answer to it because I feel like you guys, you know, you guys are, well, one of you is a, is a football fan and the other one hangs out with us. So in 2020, what, what was, what were the basketball fans? Like what, what was their reaction to that season? Well, everyone Archie hop on down yeah. Hill Archie. I don't know. Well, I mean, I just but everyone to hop foot, on a bandwagon. Yeah, yeah. So why? I mean, you guys saw the crowds in 2021. 
the awesome. whole crowds. They were incredible until the all the wheels fell off. But I mean, I don't where I whereas I think he's right. I do not think that that is the majority of the basketball fans. A vocal minority, a I, very yes. vocal Twitter message board. Um, yeah, minority. I do think that the reversible jacket crowd is kind of that. Yes, fan base that he's talking about. Yes, so I just I just think that also with IU football, it's going to be a product before a fan situation. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. We've talked is, about that on here. You yeah. have to win to put butts in the seats. Yeah, it's yeah. all that's always going to be the uphill climb. Yeah. So I don't know if we're going to end it on this. Have you watched any Ohio State basketball games? Yeah, I just watched one tonight. Oh, they're bad. Nobody there. No, no. no. like it's looking like Northwestern. So my only point there is like people like the rip on IU saying no fans show up. If your team's bad, it's going to be hard to get butts in seats. Yeah. Right. I mean, we're good though, Brandon. I mean, look at when Maryland beat Maryland, you know, Maryland fans, you're friends with a Maryland fan, a Maryland guy, Maryland grad, I think, right. Or at least he grew up in Maryland. No, 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 no. He, he, he likes Maryland basketball and he likes Maryland football. Did you not see the basketball arena when IU played there? Yeah. And lost? It was half yeah. empty. Yeah. It's the same thing in Notre Dame. Look at Notre Dame basketball's uh, arena. Because they don't have any basketball fans. They have football fans. I think yep. it's kind of, the, unfortunately, I think it's kind of a lesser degree at IU. where Just reversed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So... So, yeah, that's it. Let's just end it. What's in it? It's gone on too long. At least we got some fun stuff at the end. And at least we sounded a little bit more like podcasters at the end of this one. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, speaking of that, you can check us out. It's on Twitter. It's at Podcast LEO. There's not a whole lot going on unless Seth is doing anything. I think we finally gave Brandon the password. Um, did we? No, not yet. No, we didn't. Okay. You don't want to during March Madness. There's that's good. It's, it's my... The... The conference tournament and March Madness is like my booziest two to two to three week stretch. So like maybe give me the password because I'm doing dry April because I mean get the masters. There's nothing going on in April. So maybe give me the password after my booze season. There you go. Um, so. Speaking of that, I mean, right behind me, the big old couch. You can sleep right here for all of March if you want. Well, middle of March. Start in the middle. Don't go. Don't give me conference tournament, Brandon. I don't want that one. But the other one I'll take. That's fine. Um, either way, and look at you can't sleep on a bar, Seth. I mean, I guess you can. I've slept underneath the kitchen table at least three times in my life. Um, so yeah, speaking of that, check us out on Twitter. It's at podcast LEO. Just add us. We always add you guys back. Um, we'll just be friends. And then uh yeah, be sure to download, rate, review, follow on all of our platforms. Sorry, we took a week off and didn't tell you guys about it. Did we tell them? We didn't tell him. Seth said no. That's usually his job, but he said no. It's a dead period, just like in recruiting. It was a dead period. It was a dead period. We're not allowed to communicate. We thought Brandon was dead in the desert. (laughs) Well, pretty close. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, hey, uh, that's it for today. Um, Hopefully, the end of it didn't get you too worked up or anything. But either way, love you guys. Talk to you next week. Elio. 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 He said it. Elio. Awesome day. Elio. Thank you so much, Rick. I appreciate that. Elio. All right. Great. Elio. Appreciate you guys. Elio. You're welcome, Dave. Have a great day. Elio. Have a great day. Elio.
Appreciate you being here with us. Have an awesome day, and Elio. Oh, thank you so much, Elio. Well, thanks so much, Elio. Hey, thanks so much, Mike. Appreciate that, Elio. Appreciate you guys, man. Have an awesome day, Elio. Awesome, Elio. Elio. Elio.